0: Welcome to Locked On's 2023 NFL Mock Draft Special. The most comprehensive mock draft with local and national experts providing insight and analysis you can't get anywhere else. Don't miss a single pick as we discuss where the future stars of the NFL will call home. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome
1: back to the 2023 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. The most comprehensive mock draft you will find, and it has grown. We're six episodes total. This episode four, we're going pick 17 to 22 on today's episode. Unparalleled insight from the war rooms of all 32 teams. Thanks to local experts on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and don't worry your team will be covered if you don't have a first round pick we're going into round two and three to make sure we get everybody's first selection if your team is not picking in round one so you'll want to stick around make sure you don't miss a minute of the action and who knows your team might move up higher than you expect a lot of trade talk happening in the locked on war room between hosts as well, So you'll hear from not only the NFL hosts, we'll hear from college hosts. We'll hear from Damian Parson, who is the co-host of Locked On NFL Draft. We've got the draft dudes from Locked On NFL Scouting here as well. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino love their insights and some live reactions from the picks from the war room of all the GMs of those NFL teams together uh, making trades and, and talking about those picks. And of course, we are your hosts. I am Brian Peacock, at bd Peacock on Twitter, NFL analyst and co-host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and Locked On 49ers podcast. Here with me, my co-host from Peacock and Williamson, former NFL scout Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. I'm pumped to get going here, Matt, with you for episode four. And Keith, I love the addition of Keith to the booth this year with us, team scout for LSU Tigers championship team and one half of the Locked On NFL. Draft Podcast. You can find Keith on Twitter at the talent code Keith Sanchez. So welcome, guys. Let's get this episode four going. A lot of great picks at 17 and none more important to Matt than his Pittsburgh Steelers on the clock right now at pick 17. So, Matt, take it away. What are the Steelers thinking in the NFL Draft for 2023 and what should they be doing right now?
2: Man, yeah, just so happens my Steelers are on the clock. you know. So, the, easy discussion for me. I really liked Arnell Wright, but the Steelers are not in the market for a right tackle. I mean, they are very happy with Chooks of and I don't know that Wright can swing to the left side. Maybe the chalkiest pick in mocks across the internet is Joey Porter going to his dad's old team. And believe it or not, the Steelers are pretty, they show a little bit of nepotism with their additions here. Hey, Words. Watts, things like that, drafting a quarterback from the the same town, the same facility, you know, in the first round last year. So they like guys they know a whole lot about, and they know a whole lot about Joey Porter Jr. It might just be that easy.
3: Yeah, they they like guys that they know a whole lot about, but they also want guys that know a whole lot about film, right? What is the Steelers culture? What does it mean to be a Pittsburgh Steelers? So it's been chalky because we know how important it is, man, that these guys step in and understand how to be professionals. And the big reason why I was high on Kyrie Elam last year, right? Because he had the bloodlines, his father, uncle played in the NFL. So, I mean, why this could be, you know, people are probably tired of seeing it. I think it's one of those situations where you're getting an instant guy that can step in because he's... He's going to know how to be a professional and more importantly, know how to be a Pittsburgh Steeler.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw it last year with Pittsburgh and drafting Pickett out of Pitt, you know, right in their backyard. They knew more about him than anybody knew more about him than any other prospect in the draft. If it's not Joey Porter Jr. here who would be deserving of this selection of pick 17, Keith, is there a prospect or two that are just at the very top of your board that if you're throwing need out the window, you should be coming up in the next couple picks?
3: I to be honest, and I know this 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 doesn't sound great. I don't think so, right? Maybe you go Jordan Addison and go wide receiver, but how much different is he from Deontay Johnson, right? Because the Steelers leads, they need there's not much so much an edge rusher. I think Alex Highsmith is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, man. So it, I don't think it's that, and they need a linebacker, but I'm not sure you're gonna draft any linebacker this high. Um so I think you go cornerback. Possibly wide receiver Bijan would not fit because they already have Najee Harris. So um, I I think it's probably calling. Here we go. The pick is in. Let's get this rolling. Episode four, pick
1: 17 in the Locked On NFL mock draft. Christopher Carter standing by with Locked On Steelers to make the pick.
4: I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. And in the Locked On mock draft with the 17th overall pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select none other than cornerback. Joey Porter Jr. of Penn State. This being a no-brainer for the Steelers. As we talked about with the Steelers needs, it was primarily going to be in the first round if they can get one of the top three offensive tackles or one of the top three cornerbacks. With all the offensive tackles rushing off the board and the picks to a few slots before the Pittsburgh Steelers, there was no question that if if Joey Porter Jr. fell down to 17, I was going to have to take him. Joey Porter Jr., of course, the son of Joey Porter, former Steelers Super Bowl champion linebacker, and... Joey Porter Jr., a guy who played his high school ball in Pittsburgh in games that Mike Tomlin used to attend all the time. The two still have a very good relationship to this day. Joey Porter Jr. has a lot of ties still to the Pittsburgh area, and there's going to be a lot of excitement when the son of a former Steelers superstar returns to town. It also gets a huge need for the Steelers as Joey Porter Jr. displays really good athletic numbers and shows the ability to mirror receivers, has great footwork. Yes, he lacks the ball production in, with only one interception in his college career, but when you look at his ability to cover, he was only targeted 30 times in his final year at Penn State. And if he gets targeted more, I think he'll have more chances to make plays on the ball. For more, follow the Locked On Steelers podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: And it is Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, the cornerback. Matt, how does Joey Porter fit into that Steelers defense?
2: Really well. I mean, he is very physical. We know that's stressed around here. They're not at the very top of the league in man coverage, but I think they were sixth or seventh in terms of percentage of man coverage that they play, which is his specialty. He wants to beat you up at the line of scrimmage. He's not really an off player. And the familiarity has immense value to me, to be very honest. And the one thing we didn't mention about his dad was he was a position coach here for some time when Joey Porter Jr. was in high school, and you'd see Joey Porter Jr. out back on the the fields working out and doing things here. So the familiarity goes a long way.
1: Zach Seiko is the host of Locked On Nittany Lions with more on Joey Porter Jr.
5: Joey Porter Jr., cornerback, Penn State. He's the best lockdown corner in this year's draft. I'm Zach Seiko, host of Locked On Nittany Lions. Joey Porter Jr. has all the traits that you want in a number one cornerback. He's strong and physical. His press coverage skills are already top-notch. Porter has shown that you can leave him on an island and he will perform. He's an intelligent player, understands the game of football very well. After all, his dad is Joey Porter Sr., two-time NFL Pro Bowl linebacker. He'll need some work on perfecting his hands uh, for interceptions. Dropped a few his uh, last season at Penn State, but he made up for it. Made plenty of plays on the football with 11 passes deflected in
1: 2022. Let's go back to Locked On NFL Draft and Damian Parson on the scouting report and the fit for Joey Porter Jr. in the Steelers. Joey Porter
6: Jr. follows his dad's footsteps as a Pittsburgh Steeler. The the height at 6 foot 3 plus I think six foot four 34 inches on the arm he, he's athletic he has all the physical tools to to be an outside premier corner that can play zone and match up well with specific receivers in man-to-man coverage as well i love his instincts out of zone to be able to squat and play that kind of half-man technique in coverage i think this is just a good fitness a storyline fit as well we love those storylines right play going back to the same place that his dad spent years playing on great defenses. He has a chance to be an integral part of the Steelers' defense getting back to that high-level play. Pick number 18
1: now with Matt Derry and the Detroit Lions, the second selection for the Detroit Lions in round one. Matt Derry, the host of Locked On Lions, tried to move out of pick six. Couldn't do it. Ended up selecting Kalijah Kansi and, and shocked the world there but with a de- defensive tackle out of pit at pick number six. And now trying to move out again Pick 18 is an interesting one here because quarterback has to be in play, not only for the Lions with Will Levis at 18, but potentially another team moving up for a quarterback. And at what point, guys, uh, and I think talking to both of you so far through this mock draft, Matt and Keith, correct me if I'm wrong, neither one of you are huge on Will Levis. Is this, though, where it starts to make a lot more sense for him rather than top 10 where he was projected at the beginning of the draft process?
2: Makes a ton of sense because he doesn't have to play right away. Jared Goff's a very capable player. The Lions, much like Seattle, have the extra pick. Those teams are trending the right way. You could sit him to the side for a season. I'm not huge on Levis. I wouldn't go that direction, but I totally understand it. What about Bijan? I mean, I know they added Montgomery, but they are a physical team. Maybe this is a start of a tight end run. But I also think Miles Murphy's probably the best defensive player out there. And we just saw a corner go in Porter. Could Deontay Banks follow him up as well? You know, all, all of a sudden, with the coot out of the picture, corner could be in the mix with the lot.
3: Of all, yeah, of all of, of all the uh, prospects you just named, man, I, I like Miles Murphy the best, man. You pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson, you're talking about two high-level, productive players that also high-character guys, right? Like everything we've heard about Aiden last year, Miles Murphy this year, they check all the boxes and they they kind of fit with this Detroit Lions organization is trying to build, um, you know, from the ground up. So I, I I really like the Miles Murphy pick if they're able to go with Miles Murphy at this election. So with the trade chatter,
1: let's let's check in on the, the locked-on war room and see what's going on there and see if Matt Derry can swing that deal.
5: You can still get Will Levis.
0: <laughs> Will get, Levis? Can still get I'll contract. ask
1: again
2: if anybody wants the quarterback. Lamar <laughs> Jackson. come on. Are we, make, are we making a deal? Where's Luke Braun? <laughs> I on. traded – we, we've done enough trading with the Lions. I'm, I'm good. Uh,
7: Yeah, you're dealing with Luke Braun now, not Questia Dopamenza. It's very different.
5: (laughs) I will say, when Christopher Carter mentioned back channels, I was the back channels, but I'm not doing it with the Lions. Did Will Levis kick a puppy or something?
0: (laughs) No, he put put mayo in his
8: coffee. Uh. No, he got
5: way too jacked,
8: apparently. Yeah.
9: Yeah. Yeah. He ate a
8: banana hole. I'll I'll (laughs) still tell you this. When they start
3: talking about his feet not being pointed toward his target I started thinking about Derek Carr I sw- I could swear <laughs> that where people didn't people say that about him when he came out of Fresno yep. like, yep. he doesn't aim his feet towards his target I'm th- I'm yeah.
8: sitting there thinking and then when I watch him he kind of reminds me of Derek Carr
7: is 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 Will Levis just young Kirk Cousins are we, do we have another Kirk Cousins coming into the NFL? Another people, version people are Kirk saying. Cousins? Variant?
5: Are Kirk Cousins is nowhere near yeah. the athlete. I don't
7: know. <laughs> no, no, no. But athletic Kirk Cousins. He could be athletic like, Kirk, oh, Cousins. Oh, Cousins. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. sure. He's just another Jack Kirk Cousins.
5: He is another... He's he's Jack We've got Handsome Ooh. Kirk in Vegas. We have Eyeliner yeah. Kirk in New Orleans. It's Swole Kirk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would take a more physically talented Kirk Cousins all day long if that's what Will Levis is. And yeah. interesting Derek Carr comp as well in the chat. But clearly nobody be really uh, super on board with Will Levis here. So he is falling. Doesn't sound like Matt Derry wants to take him, but maybe he does realize that that's the best value here at pick 18 he wants to be forced into it. So let's find out what Matt Derry does. Not able to trade the selection pick 18
2: for Locked On Lions. With a number 18 pick in the first round of the Locked On NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select defensive end, Miles Murphy from Clemson. Detroit continues to bolster that defense. First, Cansey at six. Now the Lions get Murphy at number 18. High motor player that fits the mold of Dan Campbell, certainly. And aids to a defense that continues to add defensive linemen. Something Brad Holmes has been doing in the draft for the last two years. Murphy can get after the passer, but more importantly, can set the edge against the run. He is a dominant, dominant player at times against the run at defensive end. And played three years at Clemson and really stood out as an all-ACC performer on a very good Tigers defense. So Clemson, defensive end, Miles Murphy goes number 18 to Detroit as the Lions continue to bolster that defense. So Miles
1: Murphy to go with Kalijah Kansi and last year's number two overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson. Keith, how do you think that defensive line stacks up and, and how would you grade the Detroit Lions on their two picks in the first round of this mock draft in Kansi and Miles Murphy if that's what they end up with after day one?
3: Uh, 50-50, right? Because we talked about Kalasha Kansi on the first episode where he you know, he went to the Detroit Lions. Obviously, I think that's really high. But this, Miles Murphy, them to be able to kind of recover and take this guy here, this is going to be one of those picks that I believe that everybody's going to wonder, how did Miles Murphy fall this far? And I think it's just simply over-, over scouting the prospect, right, Like and just overlooking him. I think this is a really good duo when you pair him with Aiden Hutchison. Third downs are going to be a nightmare for defenses because Kalaja Kansi, Miles Murphy, Aiden Hutchison, they all shown that they can get after the quarterback, so defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn should be really excited.
1: It'll be a fun group up front there for sure for the Detroit Lions in this scenario. Uh, I would have loved Kansi at 18, and I like Miles Murphy at, at 18, but with pick six in the mix, I think most Lions fans would have hoped for a little more. Uh, Ken Gibbs is standing by. He is the host of Locked On ACC with a little bit more on Miles Murphy
9: out of Clemson. Hey there, folks. It's me, Kenton Gibbs, with Locked On ACC here to talk to you all about Miles Murphy. Let me tell you something. The edge rusher out of Clemson is going to be coveted by almost every team in the league and with great reason. The edge rushing position is a premium position, and he's a premium talent at the position. You name it, he checks almost every box for the position. An extremely explosive first step. Got it. Long arms and limbs that disallow tacklers to get inside his body. Got it. The ability to anchor down against the run and even cross-face and do what he needs to do when you got movement for a blitz going to get in backfields. Got it. Now, when you look at Miles Murphy, all you see is upside, pluses, pluses, pluses. The only things that he needs are things that can be coached over time, like perhaps developing a little bit deeper of a rush bag. But aside from that, he has got it all. I'm telling you, this gentleman has the frame. He has the production. He has the motor. He has the type of work ethic that say that he will be a pro bowler for as long as he wants to be in the NFL.
1: Damian Parson of Locked On NFL Draft. What are your thoughts on Miles Murphy? out of Clemson to the Detroit Lions.
6: I like this pick a lot because it is a pick of need. It's a position of need, and addressing one of the better players at the position is never a bad thing. Plus, when you look at it, Aiden Hutchinson was the the guy off the edge, right, last year in 2022 as a rookie. But on the other side, you had to rely on a more of a DPR, uh, uh, you know, designated pass rusher with James Houston, who is more of a closing pitcher. Rather than a innings uh, one through eight type of guy, so he's a he's a closer, and that's fine. But you need somebody that can set the edge in the run game, somebody that can play all three downs, and with with both having all three of those guys together, I think gives uh, defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn just really, really t- a really talented trio where he could be flexible with uh, his defensive packages and his pressure packages. So Miles Murphy, long, explosive, powerful off the edge. What more can you want? Great pick by the Detroit Lions. Up next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Seattle
1: Seahawks at 19 and 20 are on the clock. Where will the Bucks go to start their post-Tom Brady era? That's coming up on the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for that delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise in taste, healthy and taste amazing is what you get with Built Bars. And they hit all the macros you are looking for in a bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate that's right real chocolate it tastes delicious and it sets it off and you really feel like you are getting a snack most built bars have only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein go to built.com to find all the flavors there's new flavors coming all the time at built.com and now you can find them on your store shelves as well your local walmart or sam's club at walmart check out Four-bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff in the pharmacy section. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff, and you can thank us later. And, of course, you can find all the great flavors at Built.com. Here we go. Pick 19 is on the clock. James Yarko standing by of Locked On Bucks, getting ready to make the selection for the Buccaneers at pick number 19 in this draft. And Miles Murphy now off the board at 18 to the Detroit Lions. Matt, what do you think in the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to do here to, to kick off the post-Tom Brady era? Will Levis, they go quarterback. Uh, do they help out their quarterback? Do they help out their defense? It's such a different roster, such a different feeling roster than just uh, you know 18 short months ago.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be a long year for the Bucks, and maybe that means you want to punt at quarterback this year and see where you land or maybe early in next year's draft. But you have to discuss Levis. There's no question. I think Bijan is interesting here as well. There is a running back void. But I really don't want running back to be my first piece of my rebuild. So for those reasons, I think Darnell Wright's the obvious choice. There's already been talk of moving Tristan Wirfs to the left side. He's certainly athletic enough to handle it. I would run to the podium and grab Darnell Wright here.
1: Keith, what do you think? Darnell Wright on the right side, Tristan Wirfs to the left side. Is it that easy to flip sides for an offensive tackle?
3: No, it's it's not that easy, right? But from what I've seen from Tristan Wirfs, I believe that he can do it to at least an adequate level, right? Matt mentioned this on the last episode where he said there's 64 starting tackles, but not all of them are 64 starting caliber, right? Right. So I believe that Tristan Wirfs can at least be an average starter. And I draft Darnell Wright, and now I have two bookend tackles for whoever's playing quarterback. And like you say, maybe they punt on quarterback this year, they punt on this entire season, but you're able to kind of build and put some fundamental blocks there to where who Whoever you draft next year and put at quarterback, they'll have some protection up front.
1: Here we go. Pick number 19 is in James Yarko of Locked On Buccaneers.
7: The 19th pick in the Locked On Podcast Network NFL mock draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select running back B. John Robinson out of Texas. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked on Bucks. And as the draft board fell the way that it did, the top offensive tackles off the board, Brian Branch is off the board. You take a look at the Buccaneers' needs, and they do need a lot of help in a lot of different places. So you see the way that the draft lays out, and you have a top five overall prospect falling into their lap at 19 at a position of need. If you take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as more than a one-year rebuild that it's going to take two off-seasons for them to fill all the holes on the roster, what better way for the worst rushing team in the NFL in 2022 to get back on track under offensive coordinator Dave Canales who wants to ground and pound than bringing in one of the best running back prospects we've seen over the course of the last few years. Now, you have a guy that can put up big numbers and create big plays in spite of a average to below average offensive
1: line. All right, we got to go back to the Locked On Hosts war room here that they got a huge reaction over B. John Robinson going off the board to pick 19.
6: Oh. oh, man. I
10: was wondering no. where he was going to How could you? Yeah. Oh, I am
5: not happy <laughs> with that at all. Oh. It's a mix of reactions. Wow. I, am.
7: Oh, I don't want to. If I'm the Saints defense who is 24th in the NFL last year in the run game, it has done nothing to improve their defensive line so far this year except for lose pieces and replace pieces. I'm terrified that B. John Robinson is in the division. I'm glad he's not a Falcon, but I'm terrified he's in the division.
9: <laughs> I, think be, I, I know
0: I what think... everybody's going to say that he's like, you know, a generational prospect and all this. But I just don't think the Bucks make sense to take him. I think a team that's closer to winning a Super Bowl would take a luxury pick on a running back in the first round. I, mm-hmm. I forget exactly the exact details, but the last 14 Super Bowl winners, all of their leading rushers in that game were like less than 5 million, and most were like around 2 million. I, sure. I just I, – I see what's happening with Saquon Barkley and the Giants – and I'm sorry, but the, the Bucks need to build out their roster and kind of restart. If they still had Brady, then I get this pick. But I, I don't get even if it's a generational running back taken running back in the first round, already kind of a red flag to me. And then the Bucks being where they're at as a team, which is in my opinion in the middle of a little bit of a reset. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know that that's the, where I would go. Let alone it being a running back in the first round. I just I just don't see it. With so,
5: oh, he yeah. Lynch being gone. With Tom Brady being gone and, the you know, who's going to block for him? Watching his team last year, I know they have a couple pieces up front, but most of their offensive linemen are older. They've moved on from him. They couldn't block for Fournette and a couple other running backs they had last year. So as great of a talent as Bijan Robinson is... I would have major reservations about this particular landing spot for multiple reasons. I mean, who's going to block for him there? I just think they're putting themselves in a really bad spot here, even though I love the talent and a lot of the other teams in this area picking him would make sense. This one, I just don't get it.
1: So the Buccaneers have been throwing day two picks at running backs the last few years. Now they go in the first round, to try to figure out that position, Matt, they're going to sell a lot of Bijan Robinson jerseys in Tampa if they make this selection, but are they going to win more games because they drafted a running back?
2: Uh, Probably not. I mean, I love the player, and next year's first-round quarterback might be very happy that Bijan's behind him. I mean, that's a nice safety blanket, but I I would argue that um, Darnell Wright might help the run game more than Bijan and certainly would help the pass game more than Bijan, and um, he's right, though. I mean, that was a horrific running game last year.
1: Keith, what do you love about B. John Robinson? Because while running back value might not be what it used to be in the NFL, this dude's a playmaker. And if he can help out in the passing game, does that make his value worth a first rounder more so than, than maybe some, uh, some other recent running backs?
3: Yeah, I, I simply think that drafting Bijan Robinson gives them a, a chance, right? Because I think without a dynamic running back, you, you don't have a quarterback. Without a dynamic running back, they have no shot at all. And we talked about the history in a couple episodes, man. We talked about Ezekiel Elliott, you know, with those early Cowboys teams. We talked about Todd Gurley. We talked about Derrick Henry, right? Like, if he's that caliber running back, which a lot of people project him to be, then he gives them a shot to win games that they possibly wouldn't win at all. Like, this offense projects, if you look at this roster, right? Probably one. of the worst offenses in the NFL with whoever's at quarterback so I think he just gives them a shot to be competitive and I get it you have to listen to and pay attention to the guys right I think some people were mad in the war room because they were hoping that Bijan fell to them and then you know some people were mad about the fit but I think taking Bijan I don't love it but I also don't hate it either I think it's just one of those situations where you took a blue chip prospect and maybe our team looked totally different in two years.
1: College expert Brandon Olson standing by to give us some more analysis on the college career of the future NFL prospect that is Bijan Robinson,
5: the most complete running back since AP Zeke. Bijan Robinson out of Texas is the most complete running back prospect that we've seen in years. In the NFL draft, he brings a complete skill set that can contribute immediately. And while you might say, oh, everybody uses a committee now, there's no more the workhorse running back. Dijon Robinson has all the tools that any NFL team will ever ask of their lead back, pass protection, creativity as a runner and receiver. He is the complete package and about as real as you get. For a prospect, and he's going to make an NFL team very happy. Damian Parson of locked on
1: NFL draft. He is the running back guru with some kind words, but what about the fit for Bijan Robinson to the Buccaneers?
6: He's a blue chip player. This is not a position of need. You have her shot white. Are you giving up on him? I'm confused by the pick. I think he can fit what they do. He fits most offenses, zone, gap. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. He has open field speed. He's elusive. He has good contact balance, good vision, and typically good patience. But it's just – I just don't see the reason to drafting him here unless you're just saying, hey, we want to get – go ahead and we know that we have a bad quarterback situation in terms of the battle with Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. And if that's the case, you just want to have – you want to run the ball heavy? I totally understand it. But overall, I just think this is a weird fit for me in terms of what they need and what they select.
8: I'm Joe Marino. He's Kyle Krabs. We're from the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes, and we got a running back. And I would say finally we got a running back because Bijan Robinson had to wait until pick 19 to come off the board. Kyle, I think we both agree that this is one of the best three players in this draft, regardless of position and some teams along the way that I thought would have made a lot of sense to add this talent didn't, and he falls to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we know Tampa's been trying to get this running back thing figured out for a while with you know some of the early picks that they've made that haven't really panned out. You got Leonard Fournette, and, and it's kind of the, the roller coaster that he's been. They obviously have some other questions with this roster, but – For a team that's in transition in some ways, they've kept a lot of their veteran talent around. I think having a back like this to lean on could be a major asset for Baker Mayfield as he probably takes over as his team starting quarterback, gives them something to lean on, makes life easier for him. And in a wide open NFC South, I feel like this gives them a bit more of an identity offensively as they move forward with Dave Canales as the offensive coordinator.
11: Yeah, pretty dramatic shift, right? You think about Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, high-flying act leading the league in passing attempts. Well, now what are we going to be? Well, you got Todd Bowles as the head coach. Defense, run the football, baby. Yep. We're going to keep this thing a little closer to the vest. And um, the the only thing that I I'm wondering about now is who's playing up front that's going to allow this offensive line to play at a higher level than what it did last year. Because you cut your starting left tackle, the interior offensive line was a mess between the young players, and Ryan Jensen was injured for the majority of the year, so I get it. But there's a lot that has to be sorted out as far as winning up front. The good news is B. John Robinson can make a lot of stuff happen on his own, but now you got to help him out. And if you're going to be an offensive identity with – kind of the under quarterbacks between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, whoever ends up being the starting quarterback. You're going to have weapons on the outside. If running the ball is going to be the identity, then you really need to now take the next step And you need to figure some things out up front, particularly on the left side of that offensive line.
1: And that brings us to the 20th selection in the 2023 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. And that means it's the Seattle Seahawks on the clock again here at 20. They already selected at number five, Tyree Wilson, defensive end out of Texas. Tech is the Seattle Seahawks. So what do they do at pick 20? I mean, they love running backs over there. because I wouldn't have been surprised by Bijan here at 20. But Bijan is now gone, even though they got Ken Walker, who's a really good player. Uh, you never know what the Seahawks are going to do. They're always a wild card team, especially with those late round picks. And we've seen some, some oddball selections from them in the past. Uh, there's still some really good players here. They drafted bookend tackles last year, so Darnell Wright doesn't really make a lot of sense. Keith, what, what do you like for the Seahawks here at 20?
3: I'm wondering if they go interior offensive lineman. man. They need an interior offensive lineman. They need center help, so I'm wondering if they go John Michael Schmitz right here. It will be a little bit of a reach, but I think it's definitely a positional need. We talked about Kenneth Walker, right? They want to run the football. They want to protect the quarterback, whether it's Geno Smith or, you know, maybe Caleb Williams or Drake May next year, right? So they need some protection. They know they want to run a football. John Michael Schmitz, in my opinion, is the best center in this draft.
1: How wide of a net will the Seattle Seahawks cast with pick 20? That selection is in. Back to Corbin Smith of Locked on Seahawks.
5: With the 20th selection of the Lockdown NFL Mock Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Adetamiwa Adebare from Northwestern, a versatile defender that can play off the edge as well as 3 tech defensive tackle. I view Adebare playing more in the interior for the Seahawks, especially after choosing to bypass Jalen Carter with the fifth overall pick. At 285 pounds, he ran a 4 40-yard dash at the Combine, and while that burst doesn't always show up on his film, this is a... F- explosive, hard-nosed, physical player that caused a lot of problems for opposing guards and tackles with his ability to penetrate gaps and get into the backfield for the Wildcats. His versatility, playing multiple spots along the defensive line and his untapped potential with his rare athletic traits for a player of his size makes him a player well worth investing a first-round pick in and adding to a defensive line that needs all the talent it can get.
1: Audubare, I love it here. And this pick really lit up the uh, the locked-on host's war room when that selection was made. As far as Audubore, the, uh, the the player and the prospect, he, he's just really hit every checkpoint of the offseason. And he has really good tape, and he was productive in college, and then he goes to the Senior Bowl, does well. Destroys the combine, right? And that's the the combination, the magic combo, Matt, if you want to rise in the draft process. And Adobare has just hit everything. And I, I, to be honest, you, you probably shouldn't be shocked. A lot of people might be surprised by this pick. I was surprised by the pick, but maybe you shouldn't be shocked as high as this guy could go.
2: Yeah, I understand it. I mean, obviously, versatility, athleticism, all those boxes you mentioned, I'm sure his interviews were great as well. He's considered a really smart dude from Northwestern, so all those things I think are strong. They're different style defensive lineman, but I would have preferred Brian Breze, to be honest with you, and I have no problem going defensive tackle here. Really what I would have done, though, is I think I'd have added another pass catcher, you know, a Jordan Addison, um, maybe Dalton Kincaid, somebody along those lines for Seattle. But they can go a lot of directions.
1: Keith, what what about another two hundred and eighty pound defensive tackle? Because Corbin talked about him playing inside, and I think you got to be an outside in player. And and I liked him on the edge too. He's got long arms, but. Um, I don't know about making him a full-time defensive tackle. That's a little bit more difficult. Yeah,
3: yeah I think the, if, if these players were one-offs, right, I would I would be okay. But you're talking about now your first-round draft. You left with Adi Tamawa at I think I got that right, and then we I'm have Tyree <laughs> <laughs> <then we have laughs> Tyre Wilson. So you're talking about two versatile guys, but versatility only works if they complement each other. And I just don't know if they're complementary pieces. Like they, these are guys that's on total opposite spectrums, right? One 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 is six six two sixty. The other one is six one two eighty. Right? Like, we're, like what? Like, where are we placing these guys? How how much or what are the percentages that they're going to be on the field together? And then, what positions are they going to play? That is just some of the questions that I would have.
1: Locked On Big Ten host Nate Dickinson on how Atabare wrecked the Big Ten.
4: Atatamiwa Atabare, a defensive lineman out of Northwestern, Nate Dickinson here from Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about one of the biggest names out of the NFL draft combine. Atabare ran a 4.4940 at 282 pounds. He had nine tackles for loss last season and five sacks too. But the reason why he's only projected as a day two draft prospect is because he doesn't really fit into either of the line spots in the NFL right now six foot two not really tall enough to be elite on the edge 282 not really big enough to be elite inside but at the very least teams are going to like that speed alongside of his ability to work as at the very least a rotational guy and a formations player because of that so whoever gets Atabari will be happy with the athlete
1: that's coming onto their team. Is Anabari a reach? Damian Parson of Locked On NFL Draft on the prospect and the fit for Seattle at 20.
6: I, I like the player. I just don't understand the fit in particular, unless they're going to more of a four-man front. I don't know if he's going to completely live. He's a tweener as well, someone that's to me is more um, edge rusher, edge defender versus the running then rush between the tackles um, on third downs. But then also pairing that with a Tyreek Wilson, I know you're going kind of, Athletic freak with athletic freak, but just what's the plan here? Um, and I like the player. I do like the 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 fit in in, in total retrospect, but just the 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 plan of having these two first round picks and going to tweeners, I'm a little bit out on.
1: Interesting. The tweener word. It's a naughty word for NFL draft picks. Is he versatile, can do both, or is he a tweener and not really good of at either, We'll find out with Adabare, uh, who was selected to the Seattle Seahawks at 20. Up next, we're wrapping up episode four with the Los Angeles Chargers and the Baltimore Ravens. Both could be looking to add weapons for their quarterbacks, but probably not in the quarterback market, even though Will Levis is still on the board, even if Baltimore isn't entirely sure their quarterback is. So could they be making a switch? Could that be on the mind of the Baltimore Ravens? And could they sneak in with a quarterback and move off of Lamar Jackson? We'll find out next. Welcome back to the 2023 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, and it is the Los Angeles Chargers on the clock at pick 21. David Droegemeier standing by to make that selection for the Chargers. And uh, all right, we're into the 20s here, guys, and we're starting to see some picks. And and you you both mentioned this, and uh, Matt, I'll go to you how wide is the net for these teams at this point? Because if pick 21 is the same as pick 45 on a lot of teams board, and there's not that much separation, are you leaning more for need? Are you drafting for upside? You are probably trying to maybe trade a pick to go up or down. If you see the board differently than other teams, uh, maybe this is where the quarterbacks have to come off the board, whether it's via trade or a team that's ready to make a move. What are your thoughts for the chargers here at 21?
2: Yeah. I mean, Darnell Wright, Nolan Smith are two prospects to me that stand out as values at this point. They seem to like Pipkins at right tackle. I would still consider Wright, but they need to get more explosive on offense. I mean, you have this phenomenal quarterback, and your yards for play and downfield passing attacks are really poor. So I would consider Addison. Um, I wish I liked Jalen Hyatt better because that's the style of player they could use, you know, really stretch the field, or maybe just take your favorite tight end.
1: Keith, from the team, uh, I want to ask you specifically, Keith, about, you know, from a team-building perspective, uh, when you have a superstar quarterback, do you need to help him? Because we've seen the Chiefs kind of go away from that. Do you build the rest of the team and lean on your quarterback to do what is needed on offense and make the rest of your team stronger, or do you just keep given that quarterback more and more weapons and has they have they let have they let Justin Herbert down in in how they've built around him recently
3: yeah it's a bit of a balance right but I think it's it's tough to use Patrick Mahomes man we have to put Patrick Mahomes in a tear of his own you know understand that that's kind of a one-off and then the fact is that this that more so than not, most of these quarterbacks in the NFL are products of what's surrounded by them, right? And like, We have to understand that and Justin Herbert could be this all pro, you know, really good quarterback, but he can also still be a quarterback that needs weapons. Both can be true for Justin Herbert, so I agree that, listen, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, these are guys that are not going to run away from anybody, right? We're not talking about four or three wide receivers, but you do need that to add another element, so a guy like Jordan Addison, maybe you decide to dip into a Zay Flowers, another explosive slot guy or I would take a chance on a tight end maybe Dalton K, who's a good pass catching can run a different route and then Luke Musgrave is a guy to just kind of soft circle because I think he's a vertical stretch guy and he possibly has the highest upside as far as you know having potential to dominate um, as far as a pass catching tight end it is
1: pick your flavor right now of the tight end class. None are off the board and a ton of good ones, all different shapes and sizes. Let's go to the pick. It is now in David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers.
10: What's up, guys? David Drogemeyer here from the Locked On Chargers podcast. And with the 21st overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Dalton Kincaid is an elite Pass catching prospect at tight end. He has incredibly soft hands. Also, very sure-handed. He does not drop any passes. He's a, a great receiver in the contestant catch situations. He does not allow himself to get bullied. He's a very advanced advanced route runner. Also, gives the Chargers a yak threat from day one. He has great wiggle. He has deceptive quickness out in the open field. He will get you extra yards. Also, he helps you immediately in the red zone. Also, new Chargers offensive coordinator Kellen Moore loves his tight ends. So, you know, this is going to be a pick that he is going to love scheming up ways to get involved in this Chargers offense. And most importantly, this gives another weapon to superstar quarterback, Justin Herbert.
1: All right. So what are your thoughts there, Matt? Uh, do you like the, the direction here? Go help your quarterback. Go get yourself a, a playmaker.
2: Well, I commend David for going all in on the outfit. I mean that was strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's big. But uh Kincaid's a fine pick as well. They they need another weapon. He is a phenomenal receiver. You know, he mentioned that word time and time again. Not a traditional tight end. Yeah, I like it.
1: I think about the, the 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 area of the field that Keenan Allen, who's, you know, at right. the end of his career, the, the area of the field that he wins in, uh, I like that fit of bringing in somebody to replace that
3: production in the middle of the field. Keith, do you see it that way? Yeah, and it's it's talking about being complementary pieces. It's talking about being able to to move wide receivers right now. You're talking about defenses not being able to key, know exactly where Keenan Allen's going to be lined up. You're talking about getting Dal- Dalton Kincaid mashed up on some of these slower linebackers and just creating easy throws for Justin Herbert right in the middle of the field, right in his vision. We always talk about security blankets for quarterbacks. Dalton Kincaid definitely has the potential to be that for Justin Herbert.
1: You know, and and we made the the reference to the Kansas City Chiefs earlier. The, the guy they did not get rid of was their tight end. So maybe that's the way to do this thing. So the more I think about it, the more I like Dalton Kincaid here at 21 to the Los Angeles Chargers. More on Dalton Kincaid from Locked On Utes
5: host. JT with Tristle. Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, is not just one of the draft's best tight ends, but one of the draft's best pass catchers. Hello, everyone. JT Wizardsill of Locked On Utes here. When you're talking about Dalton Kincaid, you're talking about a guy who absolutely tore up Pac 12 defenses all season long. He had over 890 yards on the season eight touchdowns and 70 receptions. Dalton can get it done at each level of the field, adjust the balls incredibly well, great hands, a strong blocker, a good route runner to, when you're talking about Dalton, you're talking about a quarterback's best friend, guy who does a great job working back to the ball, has a huge catch radius too, and was dominant all season for the Utes. And, saved of his best performances for some of their biggest games, whether it was against Oregon or especially at home against USC when he had over 200 yards, but Dalton Kincaid is going to be huge at the NFL level.
1: Damian Parson of Locked On NFL Draft. Was Dalton Kincaid the best tight end in this draft? Do you like to fit with the Los Angeles Chargers at this point in the first round?
6: He's my tight end one guy, so I love this move. Uh, arguably, not even arguably, he's the best pass-catching tight end in this class. Route running, separation, ball skills, hands. He's a competitive blocker. He's not the best, but he, he, does, he, he does enough, right? But I think being able to isolate him, detach him from the line of scrimmage, put him out wide, put him in the slot, get him up against safeties and linebackers. He's such a hassle to defend. Just ask USC. Now, given that type of weapon to Justin Herbert, man, putting that at the tight end position, the comp for him is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz with a prime Justin Herbert, a guy that can really push the ball down the field, especially off of the play actions, getting Kincaid isolated. I love this move for the Chargers offense.
1: We are on to pick 22 of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft special here in 2023, and it is the Baltimore Ravens at pick 22. Kevin Ostreicher is on the clock with Locked On Ravens to make this selection. Which direction do they go? The unknowns at quarterback. Could this be where Will Levis Is taken off the board And is this the scenario Of when a team decides That they're going to sign Lamar Jackson to that offer sheet Because that way they don't have to give up their First round pick this year If they wait until Friday to sign that offer sheet
2: I think Lamar's a Raven And they all kind of know it at this point So I think they go a different direction There's three spots that really stand out To me An edge rusher, Nolan Smith Really has Ravens-like traits A corner, Deontay Banks, do you keep him in the state of Maryland still? Or another receiver, even after signing Odell? That's a one-year deal. He has durability concerns like crazy. I like Zay Flowers more than Jordan Addison, but both would make sense.
3: Yeah, I agree. I Mm -hmm. think Zay Flowers, you pair him up with an Odell Beckham, and then they still have Rashad Bateman, right? You're hoping that you can get, you know, at least 12 games out of Rashad Bateman at this point. And you have a dynamic receiving coordinate moving on to a new offensive coordinator. So I agree. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be there. And it's for the benefit of both parties. I think the Ravens are best suited for Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is best suited for the Ravens. So you add another wide receiver, you give him all the weapons he needs, and then you hopefully go make a run at the AFC North and possibly the AFC
1: All right, let's find out. You building around Lamar, or you moving off of Lamar? Kevin Ostriker of Locked On Ravens with pick twenty-two.
0: This is Kevin Ostracker, the host of Locked On Ravens and with the 22nd pick in the Locked On Podcast Network 2023 NFL Mock Draft. The Baltimore Ravens select Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC and it's no surprise to anyone the Ravens will be potentially looking at a wide receiver here. The Ravens getting a guy in Jordan Addison that will help their receiver room out a lot. Someone who has the proven track record of very dynamic players slots in with players like Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Nelson Aguilar, and the rest of that receiving group. And now the question is, will Lamar Jackson be back in Baltimore in 2023? But if he is, Jordan Addison adds a nice weapon to that wide receiver room that needs a couple more for the offense. But for more on the Ravens and their 2023 draft, be sure to check out the On Ravens podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: So, yeah, I wonder how much of this is Lamar Jackson trying to play GM a little bit and and making sure that, you know, Odell Beckham, Jordan Addison now in the draft. Give me the weapons I need and I deserve. Then I'll come in, sign some contracts, and we'll get rolling, and let's go, uh, let's go put up some points on offense. Keith, what do you think about here with what the, uh, what the Ravens are doing, adding pass catchers,
3: and how that fits in with Lamar? Yeah, it's just a total change of philosophy. In the past, the Baltimore Ravens, this would have been a tight end, right? Like, they like they liked the tight ends. They went Isaiah Likely and I think two other tight ends in last year's draft. Like I said, man, this is just simply opening it up, um, getting Lamar Jackson the weapons. This, to me, points all signs to Lamar Jackson definitely coming back. The general manager feel comfortable with bringing Lamar Jackson back. And I think it's
2: actually exciting. You have to talk about the Baltimore Ravens as a true AFC contender. This would definitely be Lamar's best group of pass catchers he's ever had and well deserved. And I think with the new coordinator, we're going to actually see the Baltimore Ravens throw the ball to wide receivers. How about that? Crazy. Maybe even running backs, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. It could be a heck of a lot of fun there in Baltimore, and I, and I hope it goes down this way because I want to see it. Uh, this is a pick that our Locked On Steelers host, Christopher Carter, uh, he's covered a lot, being a former pit.
2: Uh, wider he covers season. the Panthers here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's on top of Jordan now. Well,
1: before USC, uh, Jordan Addison was at Pitt and put up a ton of production there. Let's see what the thoughts are of uh, Christopher Carter of the former Pitt product in the locked on war room. Look, Jordan is the kind of dude who he he came to pit out of high
4: school with ESPN in his at on Twitter. Like he has been living <laughs> to be the big, the big play guy. He wants to be the highlight man. And he works for it too. Like the other thing, like I, I used to talk to his receivers coach and he's like, Chris, I have to motivate these guys differently all the way, but you know how I motivate Jordan and make a great one-handed catch and double coverage and practice. And he'll, and he'll feel real good about it. And I'll walk up to him and he's like, that's not going to get you on ESPN though. And he'll look at me like just have this grit on his face and go out and do it again, but would add something else to it. I think that Jordan would be a great player for Lamar Jackson. Mark I'll Colby. tell you
3: what. I mean, I'm convinced, right? Like from that synopsis, I'm convinced I want Jordan Addison on my team, right? I think that was great insight from Christopher, man. Yeah,
1: we've got a lot of Jordan Addison fans, and the, and the dude just plays. So it's at a certain point, and especially with wide receivers, and that's why you see so many wide receivers that have all the height and weight and speed get drafted in the top ten, and they flame out. And these guys in the mid rounds and later that are just ballers continue to ball. And Jordan Addison seems to be that. So um, and obviously, I think the fit would be really good. Uh, more on Jordan Addison, the guy who watched him at
12: USC, putting up numbers there, Mark Culkin of Locked on USC. Hey, everyone. Mark Culkin here with Locked on USC and WeAreSC.com. I'm here to talk to you about wide receiver Jordan Addison, 5'11", 175 pounds, played at USC for one season. He helped Caleb Williams win that Heisman in 2022. That was after Jordan Addison won the Bolitnikov Award in 2021 when he was at the University of Pittsburgh. His numbers did drop off a bit from his award-winning season, although I should remind everybody he did miss a few games after suffering an ankle injury against Utah in Game 6. With that being said, he's not that big. His speed is above average, but his route-running skills are just freaky good, and that's what's going to set him up for a really long NFL career. Uh, He sets up his defender with his technique that much of the time is going to have the DB, the defensive back, going in the wrong direction initially. So not only is the NFL team that drafts him going to get a high character, high quality, 10-year plus type of guy, uh, you're going to have a guy who leads by example and is going to be excellent in the locker room as well.
1: And I love that Addison didn't need Caleb Williams to be uh, productive in his college career, as we saw from his Bolitnikoff award-winning season at Pitt. More on Addison and the Baltimore Ravens from Damian Parson of Locked On NFL Draft. The
6: Baltimore Ravens select Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of the USC. I like this move, bringing in OBJ, having Rashad Bateman return, having Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely, as well as Devin Duvernay. Now Jordan Addison comes in, and he comes into a specific role. You throw him into the slot, you can motion him uh, around the, the offense as well. Give Lamar Jackson, who I believe will still be the quarterback there, Jordan Addison is a good route runner. He can make some plays after the catch as well. He's quick, in and out of breaks. I like this move for Baltimore. This may be the best offense that Lamar Jackson has had, and I think Jordan Addison will be a big part of it. All right, Jordan Addison to the Baltimore Ravens to finish up
1: episode four of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. And uh, Matt, who's your favorite pick of this episode? 17 to pick 22, and you can't say the Steelers.
2: Uh, Steelers are an easy one. I might go with Miles Murphy, though. I'm really warming up to this player. The more and more homework I did on him, as well as his pro day, it's lit it up. I don't care if he's an edge, an inside guy, whatever. He's just very disruptive and very talented.
1: I'm interested to see what Kyle and Joe of Locked On NFL Scouting say is their favorite pick of uh, this episode of the Locked On NFL mock draft special. So. Let's go to the draft dudes and wrap this thing up.
8: Kyle, the Baltimore Ravens throw another bone to Lamar Jackson here, adding wide receiver Jordan Addison from USC. Kyle, I feel like the Jordan Addison conversation has really been all over the place with him coming over from Pitt and all the production that he had there and Mark Whipple's offense with Kenny Pickett throwing him the football. And then he goes to USC with a great offensive mind and Lincoln Riley, great quarterback there in Caleb Williams. But I felt like... What he was asked to do was so different at Pitt compared to at USC where I I almost thought USC didn't give him the full opportunity to showcase all the different skill sets that he showed at, at Pitt. But obviously we're focusing in on what he brings to this Baltimore Ravens offense. And you see route running from the slot and that's going to be an asset to any quarterback, especially one like Lamar Jackson who likes to throw the ball to the middle of the field. Another weapon here after we've had some gripes over the last few years about Baltimore, not necessarily keeping that cupboard full enough for weapons for him. So, Wide receivers, the objective is to get open and catch football, right? I heard about that, yeah. yeah. You know, Jordan Addison
11: does that pretty darn good. And you talked about the route running from the slot. And I think about where Lamar Jackson wins most frequently as a passer and working the middle of the field and injecting Jordan Addison into that alongside the, the free agent signing of Odell Beckham, I think really gives you a shot in the arm for the wide receiver core, assuming that you get a fully healthy Odell Beckham Jr., which, of course, it has kind of been this this long played-out process for him to, to be back in 100% and sign a contract. And props, he got 18 from the Ravens. So um, I, I think when you're replacing the likes of James Prochet and Devin DuVernay as your slot receivers with Jordan Addison to go with Mark Andrews as middle of the field receivers and Odell who can push the ball down the field. I really like it. I I think if, if you're going to get the next evolution of Lamar, and we didn't even mention Rashad Bateman coming back from injury. This feels like the year in which the pieces have been placed around him. And now it's up to Lamar to stay healthy, perform at a high level, and earn that long-term contract that that, that he's been trying to get from the Ravens.
8: I love Todd Monken now coming over there to run this offense. I feel like he's got what he needs. I mean, I'm excited to see Lamar Jackson, and and whether it's in Baltimore, which I think it's going to be, or somewhere else, we get to see him without Greg Roman, right? We're going to get a real opportunity to see how much more there is to unlock for Lamar Jackson Kyle Seattle did a Seattle thing here. Mm,
11: yeah, I was just gonna say, how how <laughs> about this Tommy Atavare pick at pick number 20? Guy ran a 4'49 and 282 pounds at the NFL combine. He plays inside, he plays outside, he's got good tape, he's long. Man, you know, you mentioned this is a very Seattle Seahawksy type pick when you think about the LJ Colliers that they've gone after in the past, but uh, I think Atabar is a really exciting player for them to add into the mix on that defensive front for all of the different alignments that you can use him in. And that's really the name of the game, right? Is you want your personnel on both sides of the ball to not be able to tell the other coaches, we're doing this based on who's in the game. You're going to play nickel. You're going to play sub. You're going to play speed package. You're going to play short yardage defense. There's a spot for Atabari in all of those defensive packages, and that's what I really like about his forecast to the next level. And
1: that's it for this episode of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft special presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, We're going to finish up round one and then get to beyond round one of this mock draft on the final two episodes don't forget you can find the entire special on both audio and video at the peacock and williamson nfl show locked on nfl draft and locked on nfl podcast feeds for matt williamson and keith sanchez i'm brian peacock we'll see you for the rest of the first round on the next episode of the locked on nfl mock draft special part of the locked on podcast network your team every day